good day, folks. It is a Ginger's Tailgate. I am your host, Brandon Peterman, my co-host, Louis Fontenot, and our permanent guest, Michael Williams. And, and guys, we actually have top college football to talk about, although Ooh. we're going to also talk about another cup of college sports right away. Um, I'm going to say, how are you guys doing? And then we'll let Lewis, uh, you know, take the first topic. Mike? Doing pretty good. Lewis? Doing well. Doing well. We added, um, we added to a list, Lewis. We added to a list. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We added to our apologies list. And we'll get to that at the end. But uh, to start out here at the top, you know, our one of our last pods, we talked about college softball and the college baseball regionals preview. And in uh, softball, the Cinderella team decided to play Cinderella a little bit longer. Uh, James Madison with the two big upsets to start the College World Series. They beat number one OU, then beat number five Oklahoma State. And they were sitting in the winner's bracket waiting on the losers to see if they could make it to the finals. So uh, props to them. That was a great run. But uh, they bowed out yesterday. So tonight in the finals is actually Florida State versus Oklahoma. Um, so you know, two kind of traditional teams in the in the women's game. Like we said, they're all well-known names, so kind of makes sense. Um, we, actually, we actually picked pretty well overall. Yeah, we didn't I mean, do we bad. Dead wrong about James Madison, but um, right. I mean, I had Alabama, which went to the final against Florida State. Um, yeah, I think you were close on Alabama too, right? Yeah, I had OU. I had OU, um, Oklahoma State. I had chalk. OU, Oklahoma State on one side, Alabama, UCLA on the other side. It, it played out pretty much the same. So. Um, I, I think I had OU with you, so I mean, I wasn't that far yeah, off. Yeah, we weren't far off, no. But uh, that's going on tonight and uh, should be wrapping up here in the next couple days. And then for the men, uh, everyone got to the Supers and out of the regionals, not that anyone should be tracking, but I did. Um, I got eight of 16 while Brendan got seven. So to be fair, as co-host of this pod, 50% of the time, we are right all the time. So, um, and in the supers, just so we can go over it real quickly, just kind of like we spoke about earlier, the Nashville super is going to be Vanderbilt versus East Carolina, four versus 13. The Lubbock super is going to be number eight, Texas Tech versus number nine, Stanford. The Fayetteville super regional, this is the only one where an unseated team came through, or at least a couple of them. NC State is going to be playing number one, Arkansas. And to be fair, number one, Arkansas had to play a really close competitive game against Nebraska last night and pulled it off there at the end. Hit a huge pinch hit, three-run homer in the eighth. And that's what got them uh, pushed on. Then the Tusk, the Tucson Supers, surprisingly, Arizona with that very difficult uh, regional won. So you got five Arizona hosting number 12, Ole Miss. Starkville Super Regional, kind of what we expected. 10 Notre Dame versus number seven, Mississippi State. The Knoxville Super Regional, here's another one of these unseated teams that came in, but a well-known team, LSU, is going to go play number three, Tennessee. So that's a not only a super, but it's an inter, uh, interconference Super Regional. So someone from the SEC will be going, no surprise there. And then in the Austin Super Regional, once again, number two, Texas, had a super difficult uh, regional, we thought, but they overcame all the adversity. And they're going to be hosting unranked South Florida. They whiffed on that one, man. Whiffed on that. We all whiffed. I think everyone whiffed on Florida. No one really expects a regional host to go 0 and 2 back to back. And then um, the Columbia Super Regional. It's still funny that they're playing in Columbia, even though Virginia has won it. But it's going to be Dallas Baptist, who won the Fort Worth Regional, playing Virginia. And so there you go. Those are your supers. All kind of normal teams, I would think. Nothing really stands out. We both said that NC State could have hosted a regional on their own. Um, you know, LSU being a blue blood, that that's not surprising to me. Virginia's been known within the game. But the two that really come, like, jump off the page at you is South Florida winning that mm-hmm. Gainesville regional. And Dallas Baptist's offense just went off in the Fort Worth regional. So those are kind of your two Cinderella's if you want to be rooting for a Cinderella. Um Right. And yeah, that's about all I have for college. Those two college sports. It's going to be a very interesting uh, college world series. will start next weekend, uh, right in time for father's day, put on a baseball game in the afternoon, put the TV at about volume eight and then take a nap. Father's day this year is actually pretty lit. Um, I'm not going to lie. And I hate to use a coin phrase like that, but uh, it's also the U S open weekend. So it's, uh, 
which I was actually sad to read today only because, uh, you know, not to go off on a tangent, Ricky Fowler failed to qualify. Um, yeah, I read that too. Yep. So uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if Phil Nicholson can duplicate his somewhat performance. Yeah. And isn't it at Tory Pines? Yes. So that's, that's, yep. that's a yep. very interesting storyline. And I'm really, as much as I may not prefer to watch Tiger Woods, um, he is a talent, right? He is a, to me, he's, he's still in category. Tom so he's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. And the, that to me the car accident. Because, I mean, this year, I think a shot for him. Yeah, it could have been Tiger versus Phil at Tory Pines. Oh, that right would have been, yeah, yeah, been epic. Yep. So. That would have been great. So, um, well, anyway, um, yeah, I think we've kind of covered that. So let's pivot on down to, I believe, college football. So Yahoo Sports came out with an article today um, that all caught our eye, and Brendan forwarded it to us this afternoon. He's like, we have a topic. We have content, which is great. Um, on the Yahoo Sports article, they were talking about the expanding of the college football playoff. Uh, now, in regards to that, what the article states is that they are definitely in talks of doing it. Um, they would not set anything in stone for the next until three years out. So the next two college football playoffs. So the 2021-22 season, 22-23 will be as we currently have it set up. And the reason for that is, is they already contractually are obligated at certain places, I believe. Right. I believe Why? with certain TV contracts and other things. You're correct. Yep. Um, totally right. So. With that in mind, one of the big things that they bring up is a 12-team college football playoff. You know, Brendan had been uh, touting, you know, sources saying they're definitely going to go to eight. They're definitely going to go to eight. And I believe it's always – I've always been of the belief that it would be expanded, but just how soon, how fast, you know, all those kinds of things. So, Brendan, what do you think – I'll take it from two points of view. What do you think in terms of a expanded playoff? And then what do you think the right amount of teams should be? So I'll let you start. I, I'm going to be a fan the entire time because my team is not an SEC team. So this helps non-SEC teams everywhere. Um, and that's where I come in and I believe – in my heart of hearts, that this is the best for college football. It's going to be the worst for Southern football. You know, um, don't get me wrong. The ACC is not that strong other than Clemson right now. There's, you know, there's an up-and-comer like every year, but it's a different team, so that's not good for conference stability. Um, Big Ten, you know, you've had Ohio State, you've had Penn State, but you haven't had anybody else knocking on the door recently. Um, Pac-12, where have you been? Um, you know, big 12. Yeah. You get in, it's Oklahoma or bust. I mean, that's, that's it. This great for college football. It's bad for the sec. It's bad for Clemson to be entirely honest. It might even be bad for Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm not sure. might even be better for them, but I, I, we can discuss that later because we've got that on a topic point. But um, my biggest thing is, is like the right amount of teams has to be selected the, they went from six to eight to 10 to 12. I don't know if 14 was discussed. Maybe it was, but, um, and then also 16. Six is out for me because that means you're just giving the top two teams a bye. And that's, you know who every year, Clemson and Alabama. You go to eight and you're saying, well, you're not rewarding the top teams because they get no reward by, you know, having to play some upstart. And, you know, I could see them getting, and, and I'm walking through the numbers just to display my, my thought process here. Um, 10 is a little bit more difficult. Again, you're only rewarding the top two teams and, and then eight more have to play 12, the top four teams can get a buy and the other eight play. Um, that's my favorite suggestion. Cause once you go to 14, then you got to get six teams a buy. Once you go to 16, nobody gets a buy. So, you were literally sitting there going, okay, what are we going to do? Um, 12 makes the most sense because it also includes all of the conferences. No doubt about it. Um, it includes the, you know, lesser ran conferences when they have a good person to, you know, submit to the, the tournament. Um, you know, so I, my, my choice is 12. I think that's why it was a consensus 
when people were talking about it. I think that's why, you know, that was the topic of, of the headline of the article. I, I, I can't stand some of the other numbers. I don't even think they should be in play, um, but that's where I am. So Mike, what are you thinking on this? What's your thoughts? So I, I do agree with the 12. It makes sense. Um, also, my only thing, I'm not, as you guys know, I've been catching up, not as brushed up on the college conferences and what teams are in which conference. I know the SEC pretty well, but that's pretty much it. So my you thing live in I, Arkansas. Mm. <laughs> my thing would be make a rule where each conference is only allowed up to two teams. And I think that makes it fair. Um, that way, you know, like Brendan was talking about, we won't have five or four SEC teams in the tournament, and that's taking up one-third of the you know, whole tournament population. So um, a two-team limit per conference, that way I think it gives everybody a fair chance to make it. You have to compete in your conference. You have to, you know, at least be at the top to be considered. And 12 teams, it, it does make perfect sense. I was, when we were talking before, I said something about 14. It was really because my head was in the NFL format for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 14 teams. Of course, the NFL, they got the NFC and AFC. So not the same as college when you have a billion different conferences. So, well, you wouldn't be able to do 14, like Brendan said, without giving six teams a bye. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think the 12 makes perfect sense. It should just be a rule where he's only get up to two teams. You know, you're not guaranteed two teams, but if two teams are good enough, then that's all you get. Gotcha. So my thought process, and I pulled up the final rankings from last year just to kind of go through this. Um, you pull up like, top, you know, a year or two before when Penn State was in the – oh, I'm sorry. I'm speaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could do that too, but I'm just using the last year's example to see if we would truly find it to be fair. Um, so in a 16 playoff, just six, we would have Alabama and Clemson, like you said, the buys one, two, and you would have had Ohio state three hosting number six, Oklahoma. And you would have had four Notre Dame versus five, Texas A&M. That's a good college football playoff. I'm not going to sit here and deny it. See, but I don't, I don't think in that situation that A&M should have been in. I think that there's, there should have been a PAC 12 team in, right. in a normal year. See, like, I think you should actually go back two years and do that because that was a normal year. Like that's, that's what we have to judge this on. If stadiums are going to be packed this year, like let's do it when there's actually home, home field advantage and everything like that. Because when I look at things and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and I know that even two years ago, Penn state wouldn't have qualified. I think they had three losses, but um, those are the years where like one year we finished fifth and they let Washington in. You know, and our, our one loss is a one-point loss to Ohio State, you know, and, and or I'm sorry, I think we had two losses, but a lot of people had won. And Ohio State had lost, but won the Big Ten. We were the best, next best team. And Washington had one loss, but our, our two losses were a one-point loss to Pitt, who was ranked high, and, and Ohio State, a one-point loss. So, like, at the shoe. You know, that kind of a thing. And that has to be played into. And that's where you can do with 12 teams a lot of it. So with six yeah. teams, you have you have to also, you know, regulate the SEC there a little bit. Right. I'm I'm not okay with the two teams rule that Michael has. I, I'm gonna disagree with you just a just a smidge. I would say there should be a limit of three. I have a caveat there, but I like where you're going. I, I well, there are certain years where there are three teams. So like, let's just use last year's example, since it's freshest in our mind, we would all say Alabama was probably the best sec team. Yes. Obviously oh, yeah. given number two, would you let A&M in there in a 12 team playoff? Yes, absolutely. I would. I'm just naming sec teams, just how they played the year. So we got Alabama, we have A&M in a 12 team playoff. What about Florida? Yeah. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I, there's I a caveat there. I get it, but we're, we're, I'll get to your caveat, but I'm just trying to let you know. And then what about the fourth team, Georgia? No. Georgia would be on the cusp for you. See, Georgia ranked ninth playing eight Cincinnati last year in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So I, 
I'm kind of with you on this. I think three teams should be about the limit. Um, I'm interested to hear what your caveat would be in terms of limiting it to three. Three would be the exception if and only if. I think the two spots need to be locked in for the lesser ran conferences, at least to have the option. If Mm. Boise State goes ballistic, and I'm using Boise State because they're the most common one. Right. They go 11 and 0, 12 and 0. They win their conference. They deserve it. If there's a surprise team like yesterday, last year was Coastal Carolina. I mean, who knew, right? Even even UL, like you said, who knew? There need to be two spots for that because there has to be those Cinderella schools because there has to be a reason for these kids to not enter the transfer portal, which is another aspect of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we're going to get into recruitment after this topic, gang. But, I mean, the whole difference needs to be there. The opportunity has to be guaranteed to be there. Now, there has to be a stipulation like Notre Dame has, which we're going to get into that as well, where, okay, you have to have this to get this, meaning amount of wins, you have to be a champion of your conference. Like, there's got to be stipulations for those two. Now, if those two spots do not hit or one of them does not and they want to be filled in by the next best team in a conference, that's when the two rule for me and Michael would go out the window. Now, Mm. I mean – I'm sorry, but there are times where, you know, like, what was it? Central Florida? Yeah. Nobody believed, in, nobody believed in them. Three or four like, years ago, Central right. Florida went. Undefeated. And then they pasted Auburn. Yeah. In the bowl game. Like, they, they, they showed up. Like, it wasn't just a, a flash in the pan. Now, there are teams that go to a bowl game and they get trashed. Well, good. You know what? But they would have been in. So, they would have been one of, the, you know, one of the two extra teams. And and let's just, you know, like I said, let's say you UCF and and, and – uh, Boise State showed up. Okay, hey, hell, even just just out of nostalgia, what if Army or Navy had a fucking fantastic year? Wouldn't you just? I mean, they went undefeated somehow, some way. So I think, uh, kind of going piggyback off of your idea of the the two, the group of five should have two conference champions. Just take the two highest conference champions, because if you're winning a conference that is as weak as the as those conferences, more often than not, the winner is going to be a 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 12 and 0. So go ahead and take the, just using conferences off the top of my head, go ahead and take the Mountain West team, Boise State, and the American Conference UCF one year. Just do, just do the two best teams out of them. Like the two better, best teams better. out of the group of five? Yes. In terms of rankings or in terms of conference championships? See, that's kind of the again, caveat thing. Again, we're, we're know, spitballing off of a topic yes. that came out six hours ago. So yes, again, I, I, I worked this through in my head and the way that I did it was, is I, I kind of assumed that you're going to get two out of the big 10, two out of the sec, two out of the ACC. Um, I mean, I think one and one out of the pac 12 and, and, and big 10, the big 12, oh, big 12 just, me. just, just following history. Cause it's, it's been spotty. So mm-hmm. You right then and there are at 10. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I like the rule of two, because then you're still giving two chances to the lesser ran schools. And, and they always end up in the, in the teens or the high, you know, the high single digits of rankings, even though they're undefeated because nobody believes in them. But guess what? If they know that they have the two spots locked up and, and this is also going to make scheduling awesome. It'll be mm-hmm. so strategic. And it's not going to be about the lesser ran schools anymore because the good ones, they're not going to want to schedule them, which will give them a better opportunity to finish, you know, unscathed. See, what I, what I think would work is that you take the 12, um, you know, because I, I saw this in the article too about the amount of at-large teams, how many at-large teams. You know, if you, if you take the college football playoff for what it is right now, they take the four at-large group if you do eight then what you're doing is you're taking the five power five conference auto qualifiers and then you're having three at largest so instead of having four now we're down to three at largest the committee says we don't want less at large teams we want more so hence the 12 has come about because with the 12 you could do five power five you could do the highest seated group of five or highest group of five conference champions so now you got six then you have six at large bids 
And out of those six at-large bids, if you were to tell me that has to be limited per conference by two and you have an auto qualifier, well, then that comes up with your three. It kind of is the best of both worlds in my mind. Because last year, I would take Alabama, A&M, and Florida going up against any of the other conference champions, honestly. Would See, they have I, won? I automatically think there are six auto qualifiers, though. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. They're automatically six auto qualifiers because I truly believe, and I think we need to investigate this, this topic right now. Um, and I'm sure Michael's going to agree with me immediately, but I think Notre Dame gets in with 10 wins every year. So they have to win 10. Yeah. If they win 10, they're in every year because they, and that's always going to happen because of television ratings. Right. That's so, I mean, Michael had, I mean, how do you feel about that? I agree. I agree. Um, I, my the auto qualifier. I think that the my two when I said that there should be two allowed per conference, I would include the auto qualifier in it yeah. because that is that gives you the lock in. Mm -hmm. But you know, some conferences there may not be two teams good enough, like there might be teams who just run through their conference and the rest of the conference is not good. Um, so I, I think that one, that one auto qualified spot, you take that spot and you allow another spot. Like you said, there's six lock-ins. And if you want another team from the SEC, then you only get one more and you just have to choose and whoever doesn't make it, then they're in a bowl game, you know, like, any other team. Um, I yeah, just think, I think that there needs to be for the auto locket. There does need to be a precursor to like, okay, the PAC 12 has been an absolute, you know, dumpster fire recently. Um, but I think if, if you, you got to win 10 games, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's gotta be there. Now, if you're, and like a, a, an at-large at large so, kid, then, you know, you're, and you have 10 wins, but you didn't win your conference, and that's how you got in, that's fine. But, like, let's say that, let's say ASU and USC play in the, the Pac-12 conference championship. ASU is somehow, because they won their, you know, what, however they break it down, they won their, their division, and they're, you know, seven and five, but they upset USC, who was previously undefeated. Well, USC should get in, but I don't want to see ASU in there. And nobody else does either with five losses. So that should be a precursor too. Like it's got to be, hey, your, your champion has to have this many wins to get in as well. So yeah. that will, you know. I don't know. Part of me agrees, disagrees, because in, in a 12-team tournament, if you're an auto qualifier like that and in exactly the situation you just said, well, now Arizona State's the 12th seed. Sorry. You're facing the best team that doesn't have a bye. And in most years, that's going to be the second SEC team. So they're going to get waxed anyway. So I don't know. I kind of just want to see them be in from at least the power five schools. Yeah, yeah. Pac-12 has been rough, but if they would just do the relegation delegation, like I said, and just have North, South, East, West, then this is all out the window anyways. I mean, yeah, <laughs> make a heck of a lot more sense. Yeah. But, Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. I was telling Lewis that the North, South, East, West, I love that. I do too. Uh, Me too. I think yeah. that will make it perfect. <laughs> well, um, it would just, it eliminates this like middle of the country, Big 10, Big 12, because they're both have historical teams in it, but they're not enough teams. You know, when it was the Big 12 just by itself, pretty formidable. When it was the Big 10, the old way, formidable but it was always the top four teams in both conferences that were good. Well, now that those teams have all spread apart and A&M bolted to the SEC and the SEC just got stronger, well, that leaves the Big 12 with a little less um, prestige sitting in it. I mean, to be fair, before 1995, 96, uh, TCU was not well-known nationally until LaDainian Tomlinson played there. And then Baylor hasn't been relevant in football until – to be fair, probably Robert Griffin III showed up and won the Heisman as quarterback. So those two things have happened in the past 20 years. So the Big 12 can't sit there and say, oh, Baylor, TCU, those are those are our, our well-known teams. No, you have OU in Texas. Those are your well-known teams. And 
Texas has been falling on their face lately, but that kind of goes all the way back to recruiting and how difficult it is in Texas, in the state of Texas. I, I mean, if there are auto bids, and, and this is one way to guarantee recruitment changes drastically. Oh, yeah. Because um, like I, I told you guys before we started, you know, uh, doing this, if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of people stay at home that want to go to those homegrown schools and you might end up with new super teams that you didn't see coming. So that's, you know, when you're only offering four spots to four teams, yeah, there's always going to be a surprise team every year, but you know, you're going to know the other three. Yeah. yeah I, really I have to speak. I'm sorry, Mike. I don't mean to interrupt you. I have to speak on this right now. There's a young man. His name is Quinn Ewers. He's the number one quarterback. He decommitted from Texas and went to Ohio state. And when interviewed or when someone spoke to him, they said, why'd you decommit from Texas and went to Ohio state? Well, you know, Texas has been down lately and uh, you know, Ohio state's the, the cream of the crop more or less. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. I'm not using exact quotes. And I don't know about you guys and I don't want to ever bag on an 18 year old, but the mentality of like, I want to go start somewhere and, create my own brand or my own thing is dead. There's no, there's none of that anymore. It's all about, well, I just want to go play with the best team. I just want to go play with the best team. Why don't you go to Texas and be a starter from day one and win a Heisman by your junior year? I, I, that mentality doesn't, I I don't get it. The whole like, Oh, I'm going to go play for a super team thing. No matter what sport it's in. It's like, why don't you just, to me, it's like, I want to be on my team and I want to, kick your ass like i i don't get it maybe y'all can maybe no, mike being the young man can tell me something different i i sound like i'm an old person on the front lawn you know no nah, i agree kids i mean but that i just feel like it's it's like uh I, especially with football because i feel like if you're playing college basketball and you want to get to the nba it, it's kind of different you know there's mm-hmm. the so many slots on the team but when you play football one thing about the nfl they're gonna find you wherever you playing it if you can ball they're gonna find you you know i mean there is so many guys who've been drafted that i've never heard of because i never seen that team on tv or I, i don't even know what conference that team comes from but they will find you if you're a baller. Um, and I mean, you, you still have those instances in the NBA also, but I understand why team, why kids who play basketball want to go to the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the Kansas of, you know, uh, the world. But football, you know, I think, like you said, I, I would want to stay home and, and try to start from the get-go and show what I can do and prove what I can do and, uh, you know, just get myself noticed right away. Yeah. I'm in lockstep with you on that for sure. No, I, uh, I completely agree. I, I'm, that used to be the way that it was. You had regional powers instead of this, just one conference. And let's be honest, you know, two other schools that are our powers right now, because it's Ohio state, it's, it's Clemson. And it's Alabama. And, and I mean, yeah, you see other teams pop up from year to year. But I mean, the dynasty that Alabama is right now, and even Clemson, let's be honest, um, it, it's it's not that it's unfair. But like when I think of dynasty of the Patriots, that was crafted year to year. Like and I, I mean, like and I'm not trying to pun intended there with the, the owner name, but like. They had to make moves. They had to do different things. They, they didn't have a competitive advantage. They had to sign people at certain rates. They had to adjust the salary cap. They had to cut players when people thought it was, you know, way too soon. Nine times out of 10, they were right. You know, they just, they saw something in practice they didn't like that year and they got rid of them. Um, the problem that I have with college is, is right now it's rigged to only select certain schools once they get on a roll. This allows, I mean, if you know that your 12 are going to be selected every year, then this allows every single conference to recruit and keep people home. And that, you know, you're not going to see Saban with 25 
five stars in one class anymore. You're not going to see, you know, Clemson and Ohio State with the same number. And like, the, they're not just going to go to three or four schools. And then you see one like that goes to, you know, oh, okay, I did decide to stay home. Oh, okay. You know, it's not going to happen that way anymore. And we, we did that on the podcast about that. Like, oh my God, look at this. Like, it's disgusting. It's what happened with college basketball. You're absolutely correct. I mean, yeah. back in the, I want to say the late 70s, early 80s, the college basketball tournament was only 32 teams. Yep. And as it kept expanding, and I want to say around 86, 87, mm-hmm. they came up with the three-point line in college basketball, as well as they expanded the tournament out to 48. And then a, right after that, 64. Like within a year. it was like Within a year, they had 64 teams. Well, yep. by the time you had 64 teams and you had all these auto qualifiers, what you just said happened. Parity finally came to the game. And all these guys went to smaller schools and kind of speaking to Michael's point from before about NBA, it is few and far between. There are a lot more Anthony Davises, John Wall, Carl Anthony Towns, but the few exceptions, you know, being like Dame Lillard uh, out of, I want to say Murray state, CJ McCollum uh, out of Lehigh, right? Like some of these guys went to these smaller schools, heck even Dwayne Wade, if you want to go back a little bit, and a mid-major at the time, Marquette, even though Marquette back in the 70s was a powerhouse. So it's like some of these guys, the ones who ball, yeah, they'll make it to the NBA, but there's a heck of a lot of guys, you know, that went to Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, and UCLA who got drafted because they went to Can- Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, and UCLA. So I just want to see a more fair approach. I want to see if there's more parity. And the other thing that I think this all kind of does, and we touched on a little bit, is why why now the the you know they're going to play it to the public. Well, it needs to be fair, and it needs to be this, and that's why we're thinking about expansion. I think that's all just a line of crap. I think they're trying to recoup expenses from losing money to COVID, and I think this is going down a path of possibly the NIL thing becoming a thing, the name, image, likeness having to pay players for that, or um, like you said earlier, Brendan, possibly just paying players, right? No longer just the scholarship, some sort of per diem or something like that. So it's coming sooner than we think. I think by 20, you know, and maybe not quite the 2023, 24, but it should be within the next five years. They'll have something in place no matter what year it started. Did the same thing with the BCS, did the same thing with the college football playoff. They announced it and then they said, okay, not, this year or the following, but three years down the road, that's when it starts. So. Yep. And I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, Michael, I know that you're a little younger than us, but like, when you think of this, what does it do for you? Because you've been alive during the better years. Lewis and I have actually not because we, we struggled with like figuring out who the national champion was at the beginning of our lives. Cause it wasn't even a game they played. Yeah. Right? There was, there were nights I can remember at seven, eight, nine years old where it was, okay, well, we got to watch the Sugar Bowl and the Peach Bowl and the Rose Bowl all in the same day because whoever wins by the most amount of points can possibly win the national championship. There was or no, like, was the eye test. It, it wasn't even points. It was the eye test. Like, yeah, it was know, very, very yeah. interesting. Yep. So what, so yeah, swinging it back to Mike, like, what do you think of this moving forward? Do you like having more? teams to try and win a college football team or a college football championship? Or do you think, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? I like it, but in the beginning, I feel like it's still going to be, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and then just a whole lot of teams that we throw in. You know, I don't think it's going to be really surprising. I don't think we're going to see a lot of shocking teams. Um, making it like to the semis or something like that right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. But you mentioned, you know, like colleges starting to pay players, um, the name and image likeness thing. If that happens soon. Like, let's just say they make it to where um, instead of giving scholarships, you get paid to play college sports. Like, you know, kind of like, I, I know not as much money as a professional player, but you get paid to play college sports. I think um, it will turn the tide a lot because then guys, guys will be like, 
you know, well, I can go to Alabama and I'm going to be like a bottom guy on the roster. So I'm only going to be getting paid this much. But let's call it 10,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah or I can stay here in my home and play and I can be a top guy on the roster and get paid, you know, this just throwing a number of 50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that will help it change. But right away, I don't think that we're going to see much of a difference other than them adding teams. And, you know, it's going to be, I guess, better because who doesn't love uh, playoffs? So right. we'll get more, more playoff games. Um, can, I give but, you all the, can I give you all the 12-team playoff if they had gone off of last year's rankings? Just final rankings, that is. Yeah. I want to hear this? Mm-hmm. All right. So the top four teams with a bye would have been in in order, one through four, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. We all know that. That sounds pretty normal. So here you go. Here's the 5-12 versus, you know, each matchup. It'd be five Texas A&M versus 12 Coastal Carolina. Then it would have been six Oklahoma versus 11 Indiana. Then it would have been seven Florida versus 10 Iowa State. And we would have still had the matchup of eight Cincinnati versus nine Georgia. Now, I don't know if y'all watched the game, but the Cincinnati Georgia game was super competitive. Yeah. I thought it was a great game, a lot of back and forth. You know, you have the one kind of mid major playing the major team. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to watch those three other games because to me, Oklahoma, Indiana would have been interesting as hell. And Iowa State playing Florida, you know, I, I think the other thing the 12 team playoff might help negate is the whole well, I'm a junior or I'm a senior. I'm about to go in the NFL draft. I don't want to play in the bowl game. There's nothing for me to play for anymore. Uh, you got something to play right. for if you're the seventh seed. You're, you're, tr- you're right. still trying to win a national championship. So there's going to be a lot less guys sitting out. Also, I think it would it would. Oh, there will be limit, nobody sitting out at that point. Not yeah, no one right. would sit out Not as well as yeah. I think you would limit the amount of bowl games at least a little bit. I, I don't think you'd have as many because if you're taking the top 12 teams into the playoff – then there's, you know, the poinsettia bowl or whatever bowl that oh, even exists anymore. It's all by Diego, Federal Credit Union, San Diego County. Yeah. Federal Credit Union, poinsettiabowl.com. I mean, yeah. yeah. Whatever bowl games that even exist anymore. The Cheez It Bowl out of Phoenix, I think. There's so many different <laughs> bowls. And I, I hate them because it's like, what is this game even for? Like, for real. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I think, like I said, those would have been some interesting games, like you just said. But after they were played, we would have looked back. I mean, we would look back and be like, okay, but now such and such has to play Alabama. After that great game they played, now they have to play Alabama or this team has to play Clemson or, you know, those top four teams. I wonder if they would – I wonder if they would take it like five versus 12 wins. Let's say 12 pulls the upset. Does 12 now have to go play Alabama? Like, do they get reseeded? Right. After that first round of game, do the buy, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, I think I mean, that would make not the a problem most sense. because I mean, they're, yeah, they, they don't know where they're traveling or when they're traveling. So, yes, I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be set like that. Yeah. Now, you, would, you can attach, you can attach teams to, to the new bowl games and then, right. and then fill in with their, you know, yeah, yeah. Alabama is going to play in the, you know, make it regional to them. Alabama is going to play in the Peach Bowl or something, the Liberty Bowl. I don't know. One of the, maybe, well, you're, you're looking bowl, at, how many how many bowl games are you looking at? You're looking at four the first week, right? Because there's eight. Yeah. You're looking at four the, the second week, because there's eight. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking at two, two lies, and then you're there four, yeah. and then one. I mean, and that's and you rotate the national championship like they were during the BCS, and just be done with it. Yeah, rotate the semis and finals. Yeah, it makes sense. And that yeah. I mean, and and you don't start at the end of December. You start at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily you give it a week off, but you mean you know what I mean. And then yeah, you, I think you that go through. We talked about that Thanksgiving weekend being that like former, you know, uh, the former rivalry games or whatever. Well, the end of Thanksgiving should be conference championships. Like, like Thanksgiving Friday should be the SEC championship, the Pac-12, the whatever, the whatever. And then the Saturday should be the others and just see, play them all see, out. I'm right a fan of shortening the season by one game. You are or are not? In this, in this instance, I am because, I mean, yeah, 
Listen, the t- if, if the conferences that know they're not going to get in want to play a full 12, then go ahead. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm a fan of shortening the major conferences by one game, making the games more meaningful. You know, mm-hmm. don't do the sisters of Mary poor just to stack your thing. I mean, look at look at the Big Ten this year. I mean, they're, they're opening slate. I can't remember who Ohio State's playing, but it's a great team. And Wisconsin and Penn State are playing right off the bat. I mean, that's lunacy in my opinion. Because, I mean, I mean how, how um, are you going to get through? How many preseason games do college get? Nothing. They None. they don't have preseason. They have more like non-conference games. So that's when I the North Texas of the world go to up to OU and get smashed by 50. Yeah. Right. A lot of those kind of games, if that's what you mean. It's normally – normal tradition is that it's eight or nine conference games and three or four non-conference I agree with Brendan and kind of piggyback off that idea. It should be 11 games. You have eight conference games. You have three non-conference games. And little guys, if you want to play 12, I mean, I guess you could. But more importantly, go play someone bigger than you. Go go schedule. You know, this kind of goes back to my original idea of everyone in college football should at least try to do a – you have to play a team in your non-conference schedule. You have to figure it out. This is going to be hard, but you're going to have to figure it out because there's so many teams ranked in your own conference. But you should take like one through 40, you got to schedule someone non-conference. 41 through 80, you got to schedule someone non-conference. And 81 to the very bottom, and even including D2 schools, you play one of them. And that should be the rule for everybody across the board. And that would take care of a lot of that problem because the 125 schools got to play a number one, and the number one's going to say – Absolutely. Uh, UTEP, come to Alabama and get, get beat by 50. We're, we're all for it. Now UTEP has their one through 40. They don't have to worry about that. Now they're going to look for a you know, middle-of-the-road team, a, a Syracuse, an Indiana, uh, maybe not Indiana. They've been great lately, but like a Syracuse or a Buffalo or a Kent State, something like that. So it would make it more equitable. But once again, this all comes back to my original point. This is a machine it makes way too much money and they're not going to listen to my opinions on this podcast. I wish they would, but they won't. <laughs> so. So Michael, um, I mean, what would you, what would you like to see the most? I, I, you, you said you agreed with the 12, but I mean, like, what, what do you want to see as far as everything? I mean, even the schedule. I don't know. I wish there was a way like the rankings the like they, they could do them differently because then it would give uh, other teams fair chances at least. Because one thing, like you keep saying, and I hate to sound like a broken record, we always know, as of late anyways, our top two teams are going to be Alabama and Clemson. You know, I think it got a lot to do with recruiting and their schedule and, and the way they play. So, I mean, you can't really argue with it. But I just feel like maybe if they did the rankings different, it would give us at least something fresh to look at every year. So no preseason uh, poll, no no AP media polls. Yeah, I, like just I, keep it like like they do now, like six or seven weeks in. Yeah, I think it's an. Yeah. I don't think it's to start uh, pre because I think that's a little unfair to the teams who don't get to recruit like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. You know, because when a preseason poll comes out. Of course, if Alabama has 26 five-star guys, then they're probably going to be number one or two. Right. You know, for Clemson, same for Ohio State. So, Well, they're never going to get 26 five-stars. I I mean, but I, I see your point. They're going to have right. seven five-stars and 19 four-stars, and the four-stars are all going to go to the NFL because of their talent. That's just how they yeah. are. Um, the thing that I would like to see, I would like to see the polls come out even a little bit later. To be honest, I would love to see a minimum of four conference games played like per conference. Right. So a team might be 0 and 4 in the Big 12 or they might be 4 and 0 in the Big 12 or, you know, someone's 3 and 1 in the ACC. When, when everyone hits that fourth conference game, let's just say they had to schedule four conference games before week nine. Well, then at the end of week nine, boom, here comes the first poll and here it is. And this is what we got. And. None of this, like, well, the AP polls this and the coaches polls that and all that. That's all a bunch of bias. I, I don't care what, you know, 
the sports writer who sits there and watches Alabama crush everybody every week is going to say Alabama's the best team. But until he sits down and watches a Clemson, um, you know, or Ohio State or someone else, and granted, we have national TV. It's it's not like it was in the old days. In the old days, they really didn't watch the games. I mean, I can remember there being five football games on all weekend, um, at least nationally televised. Now everything's on streaming and Hulu and everything else. So that's the way I would like to see it. I'd like to see a poll much later in the season. I'd like to see one through 12. I'd like to see one through four, get their buys and just, just branch them off. Just like we said a minute ago, a, a coastal, a, coastal Carolina A&M game would be fun. I think A&M obviously has the advantage in that game, but who knows, who knows how competitive that game will be. So that's where I fall on that. I, I, again, you have to play the game that know the result. And that's how many yeah. times, I mean, did we think Oklahoma was going to lose to Boise state? No, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and, and the silly things of, of, you know, even Cordell Stewart tossing the Hail Mary, Doug Flutie tossing the helm, you know, those kinds of things can happen in those instances. And that's what I want to see. I want to see those magic moments that maybe they don't win the title, but they win a game and it makes right. the difference in the world to the university, you know? Yeah. That's, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's reminiscent of college basketball, right? The, the Cinderella's might pull off a game, but really at the end of the, the end of the day, you want to see the four best teams in the final four. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't want to see a VCU every year in the final four. It happens every once in a while. Cool. But we want to see the, the major programs, or at least most people do. So pretty good on college football there. Yep. NBA. Anybody want to talk about that sport, that league? Did news, news just broke recently. Uh, our NBA MVP, yeah, Jokic. Jokic, out of the out of Denver. What do y'all think of that pick? Uh, I mean, I, the way Aiden handled him last night, I'm not so sure. But. Right, very reminiscent of Nowitzki winning the MVP after getting bounced in the first round. Well, I mean, oh. again, in the NBA, you could be the best player in the league and have no supporting cast. And that's, I mean, Westbrook, the, you know, a couple of years ago, Harden, you know, like it's just, it's been, you yeah. know, it's kind of, it's now it's a, hey, good luck, you know, award. And, and I just, I don't know. I, there's, there's too much going on right now with the NBA and how they award the awards and, and, you know, the voting and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I, I, I was reading Derek Rose got an MVP vote. So. Oh, got an MVP vote this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, win. come on. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, Michael, where, where do you stand on that? What was that question? I was, I was chewing on my burger. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Uh, you guys always eating. Yeah. Like how the voting happens and, you know, Oh, I, yeah. I hate um, I don't know. Like, um, it's kind of I'm torn between it because it's like if we just give NBA personnel the opportunity to vote, then fans will say that, oh, it's not fair and fans have no say so. But then dumb stuff happens. Like you just said, Derrick Rose gets an MVP vote. Like, what the fuck have you been watching all season? To my knowledge, it's sports writers that vote on this. Correct. It's, it's sports writers. Yeah. Yep. There's no fans. I thought, no. what do they call fans, fans? Fans vote the All Star game. I'm, my apology. There's no, no, right. no, no. I understand. It's no, it, in certain, yeah, in certain leagues, it's very difficult. I wish they would, though. I wish the fan vote would count for like 25%. Yeah. Or, yeah, some yeah. some percentage. You're right. Yeah. But a minority percentage vote, yeah. not more than 50, because that's insane. But yeah, the sports writer who voted for Derrick Rose. He, obviously you want like a sit down interview with the guy. I, I yeah. can't think of any other reason you did he's, that. He's looking for a big break or some attention. Oh. I mean, um, he's probably looking to go viral. I mean, Hey, who was the guy that voted for that? You know, like right, exactly. Now I will say this back in the, was it the nineties? And I, the reason I remember it's sports writers is because the sports writers gave more first place votes to Charles Barkley but Magic Johnson got more second place votes and third place votes. And because of that, the cumulative point total allowed Magic Johnson to win MVP over Barkley. And Barkley was pissed about it. And I can't blame him because Barkley was good that year. Um, 
I'd have to look up exactly the year. I don't want to speak uh, incorrectly. No, I remember that happening. I but I remember that happening. Um, but it was, I mean, it was just shocking how that could occur. And, and again, there are loopholes. Um, you know, I, I don't think you should ever, I don't have a problem with the year that we're having. I, I don't. Um, what I do have a problem with is, is how some of this is playing out. And again, it, the NBA is now rigged for super teams, which, I mean, Brooklyn looks like a super team now. And they're hitting their stride. And if Harden stays healthy, I don't know what team's going to stop them. Um, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Paul only got two MVP votes, which I had a problem with, because if you look at the Suns' progression this year, how do you not give him a lot more credit for that? Especially with, you know... It, you're now seeing like some of the teams that, that he was on probably were not even playoff teams. Like those Clipper teams, that was him. We thought it was we thought it was Blake Griffin, but it wasn't. It was him. Blake couldn't survive without him. You know, and that's I mean, I, I, him and Harden almost beat the Warriors. If Paul doesn't go down for that game seven, we might have a different version of history right now. Right. Yeah. The Chris Paul hamstring injury. Yep. in Houston totally changes that narrative of that season. No and doubt. I hate when like that happened because I definitely think uh, we would never see this powerhouse Nets team that we see right now. Um, and I don't even think we would be seeing uh, on, in Phoenix right now. There has to be a better way for – and I, I know they used to have the bird rights, Lewis. I, I know you'll remember that. I don't know, Michael, if you ever heard about that. but They still do. Yeah. They still have bird rights. But there need to be better bird rights because all mm -hmm. these teams are drafting these. Like, I mean, look at Anthony Davis, number one pick, gone. Um, yep. You know, if, if they don't treat Zion the right way, he, I mean, what does he have? Two more years? He'll leave. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll be gone. Yeah. There, there have to no be. No doubt in my mind. It's, it's got to be a better stake and it has to count not against. I can't wait to see. Better. I can't wait to see Zion finish out his rookie contract and then join Dame Lillard in New York on the Knicks roster. That'll be so much fun to watch in 2024. Promise you. Mark okay. Down. I'm just saying, it could be fun. You don't I, like it. I like uh, it. That is something that I love. And I actually think that it's something that's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> oh, you love the, the suggestion of that? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Zion, but I know Dame is going to New York um, because he's going to get, I mean, a stupid contract. Uh, going to New York, and then he's also going to get a crazy good teammate by going to New York. So, you know, I think Dame goes. I'd love to, to see him in a place like that. Yeah, most definitely. No, I, 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 I think he's out of Portland. I think Jason Kidd called him and said, "Are you really going to stay?" And he's like, "Well, maybe if you come here." And Jason's like, "I'm not going to that team. Have a great day." I promise. Yeah. I, yeah, I said. When Jason Kidd turned that job, he knows something that we don't. Because, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, you're an assistant coach right now, and you got the chance to go and be a head coach and coach a player like Damian Lillard. Um, why the hell would you not take that job is right. beyond me. I, I think like the I, number one reason is Milwaukee. He went to a small market, and look at how they treated him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did I coach didn't. before. It's, it's, yeah. Well, he was there and done that before. Maybe I'm wrong. Did he coach with the Nets? Yeah, but for, I mean, for that, a was on the radar? that was when the organization had traded all of the future, everything. Yeah. yeah. So aging players. He went to the Nets yeah. for a, a short, a, a, a quick cup of coffee there, then went to the Bucks. Yeah. He's not looking to go small market. He, he's waiting oh. for a big market team to open up. Yeah. So. And I wouldn't be shocked. Here's, here's my call on the Jason Kidd thing. If he doesn't go to where Dame goes or he sits or he waits a little bit longer, wouldn't surprise me if he goes to Dallas. Coach Luca, get a different star in there instead of uh, Chris Stops. Jason Kidd is, you know, was drafted by Dallas, came and made a second stint with Dallas, won the championship, all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be Around shocked here, if Dallas he showed up in like Boston him. either. Hmm? Boston. Yeah, he could Current go. Opening. I mean, that's that might be why he turned down Portland too, because they're yeah, it's very possible. Yep. It, if it's not him, my thought process is Chauncey Billups in Boston. Um, I like that one too. I, I, I could also see them because it did work. 
um, with Brad Stevens. I mean, I could see them making a splash with a college coach as well um, just to see what happens. But I mean, I, again, I, it's really tough in the NBA to, to judge who's going to do better. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Um, on that topic. I mean, like, okay, he lost first time out of the first round and LA monetarily is a shit show. I mean, how are we going to judge LeBron if this is how his next few years go? I mean, are we, how are we looking at this? Cause there's, there's Kobe had some bad seasons and don't get me wrong. I mean, but he was walking wounded during those. LeBron is banged up, but not walking wounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, Le- the legacy of LeBron should be that his peak, and, and this is the one thing that I- I'm not a LeBron fan. So when I speak out of this, it's out of respect for his athleticism and his ability and just his overall being a basketball player. LeBron is great. No one should deny that. You know, for those probably in my age range, you're going to say Jordan is better. But I always kind of counter with, okay, well, if Jordan is the best, which I'll agree Jordan is the best, well, then who's your number two? Because if you sit there and argue to me that someone is better than LeBron at two, I'm kind of going to look at you like, really? You think? I mean, you could say a couple names, but at the end of the day, LeBron should be no lower than five, maybe six. And I honestly believe he could be as high as two or three on most people's lists, if not one. Um, Michael? The thing that's wrong with people who are talking to like all-time great, they strictly scoring. They don't talk about the overall game. They go off of scoring. I've heard people say that Kevin Durant is top three all-time. No, he's not. I mean, if we're talking about scoring, then I mean, put him up there. I would not argue with you. But if we're just talking about playing basketball, you have to think about scoring, playmaking. Um, defense, rebound. I mean, you're putting the whole game together. Then LeBron is definitely top two. I would still put Jordan first. A lot of people will argue Kobe, but Kobe is just a replica of Jordan. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get why people say LeBron is not in the top two. Uh, I mean, you can argue number one and number two all day, but he's definitely top two. I, yeah, I, can't, I can't. I can't go one. I. I there's. There's yeah. been some moments where I just. I can't go one. I. I don't like the. And, and again, this is recent, but the non-handshake crap. I don't care that he left in, in game five. I, he was banged up. If he wanted to go to the trainer's table, I don't care. Um, but not not giving salutations. I mean, Jordan ripped Isaiah Thomas and kept him off the dream team because. Isaiah did that to him. So it, it yeah. is a, it, it's an unwritten rule at the end of a series, you, you stay out there. Um, yeah. The, the only problem that I have, like people say who could be number two again, different time period, but you have to go back to Bill Russell. I mean, he, you just do because he changed the game. He was a humanitarian. It was, it was, I mean, 10 out of 11 titles and he was a coach for some of them, a player coach, which again, that's never yeah. going to get yeah. duplicated. Um, no, you know, it, it, you could say he's number two because that's appropriate. I mean, that's just it, you have right. to you have to look at that when you say Kobe, you know, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Kobe. Yeah, he was a, a Jordan replica, but he got to he won five. He was at a bunch of others. Well, guess what? Ron was at a bunch of others and he only won four. And yeah. he had the best team in most of them. And that's what bothered me the most. I mean, the, the word that. Granted, the San Antonio series, he never should have been in the, the title to begin with. How they beat Detroit was him. So that but, was 05? Oh, 06, I think. But something, something. 05. It was okay. 2005. Yeah. Um, but long story short, for that, you're looking at, at a guy who, okay, early in his career, he carried a team. You realize he can carry a team. He almost, but then he looked for support in ways that other greats, didn't and that's the problem when i have judging this era on greatness everybody's looking for oh can you come join me can you come join like you said about football lewis i want to stay in my backyard and i want to kick the ass out of the next door neighbor you know that's not asking him to come over and join me to go kick somebody else's ass like that's 
that's the problem I have with this. Um, and I think we're going to get back to the, you know, the singular player again in the NBA, because that's when it was best. Because right now there's four teams that can win it every year and that's college football. And it was better when there were, you know, at least 10 teams that had a shot and that's better for ratings. And the bigger thing with me is he didn't want to shoot the ball to the end of the game for a lot of his career. Um, he just didn't. And that's where I have a problem with that. Other than the Warriors series where he, again, those were pretty even. I mean, he was the favorite and he lost a lot of them. And that bothered me, even though he pulled out a Warriors series out of his ass, which great, great for him. Um, I mean, just on the Mount Rushmore, again, I, there, there are people there that I would, I don't want to say put him behind him, but like at least tied with, I mean, like yeah. a lot of people compare to Magic Johnson. I think that's a perfect comparison. I mean, Magic's career got shut, shut short because of, or cut short because of the fact that nobody knew enough about HIV and AIDS at the time. He would have mm-hmm. been able to play today. It wouldn't have been a problem. I think LeBron is the prime example of the folks who like to argue, well, if they had all the modern equipment and the modern thing and the, you know, all the advantages of, of trainers and nutrition and all that other stuff. Well, LeBron is the shining example of that because he came in the league at 18 and he's now what? 38, 37. I mean, he's on, he's on season 19. Yes. Larry Bird could have done much better if he had more nutrition and all that. Granted, he liked to drink the first five years of his career. He didn't win, he didn't win an MVP until he stopped uh, going out every night after the games. But my point is, even Michael Jordan, for all his greatness, he peaked. His peak was really an eight-year peak, maybe nine, you'd call it. LeBron almost has like two different peaks in his career, which is incredible. But he has all of the modern advances and so for anyone who wants to sit there and argue well Michael Jordan could have played longer or Bird could have played longer Magic all these different guys if they were brought up in this era that's exactly what they would be doing so um, yeah it's an interesting argument I think the West is going to be really interesting I think the East is the Nets until someone can prove they can beat them and right now it doesn't look like anyone's going to do that yeah, that's where LeBron screwed up he went to the better conference yeah, I would have stayed in the East personally as well. But uh, I think he went to the better conference because the talk was getting to him. Um, you know, regardless how these players, you, we think that they don't listen to the media and they're not bothered. Everybody, when LeBron made nine straight finals, there wasn't a person alive who didn't say, well, he only made nine straight because he's in the East. <laughs> I mean, everybody had that take, like, Okay, it's the Eastern Conference. That's why you're making nine straight. If you go to the West, you're not making the finals every year. Nobody said he could never do it in the West. It was just you're not going to the finals every year if you're in the West. And year two in the West, or is it year three? Because I think he was injured the first year. Year three in the West. Yeah, year three in the West, you're first round. So, I mean. Yeah, no playoffs, championship, and then first round. But I think – he was very adamant and very vocal about really we're starting the season. What it was at four weeks later, five weeks later, yeah. after the finals were done. So he was definitely on that track. Is there, um, are we to a good spot here? I think we kind of covered everything. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Michael is, um, every time he joins us, he has a different food. <laughs> we had burger and fries tonight. We had wings another night. We need to get you on a pod for maybe some pizza or some tacos or something like that. I'm not sure what, but I'm going to have pizza next time. Most definitely. All right. Great. Also, um, we're going to have to start once the college football season rolls around, we are going to be doing recipes as Brendan mentioned before. So if you got something that is, you know, special to you that you can make, that's some good tailgate food, definitely make sure to make it, show it to us. And then we'll share with everybody else as we go. Gotcha. All right. Well, it was a great evening. Another great podcast. Um, love to be joined by our permanent guest here, Mike Williams. Did a fantastic job. Absolutely. Host one, the ginger himself, Brendan Peterman. Host two, myself, Louis Fontenot. And um, 
hey, make sure to subscribe, look for us, like, comment, find us on our Facebook page, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your streaming services. And uh, yeah, the Ginger's Tailgate, the old college try. Come and find us. And we're very, very sorry to a certain list of people. Uh, Shelly Brown, Jimmer Fredette, and now James Madison. So sorry, girls. Uh, really appreciate your full efforts this past week. Uh, also Jacksonville, you know, and also, you know, uh, anybody else that, you know, doesn't appreciate this. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good night, gentlemen. Y'all take care.